0: Companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Dent, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks you know, of Neonathletop. In our transitional chapters, uh, we are making our way across France. We have stopped in Paris, and uh, if last episode was any guess, At what might happen tonight, we're going to hope that we don't have any bouts of madness. Uh, So we need to get into our introductions to let you know who's here and who's playing with us tonight. And I will begin to my right.
1: This is Tiffany. I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, it wasn't me.
0: Not this time. Uh, To Miss O'Shea's right.
2: This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and... I apparently did something wrong last episode.
0: I mean, right, wrong is a little bit of it's. There's a gray areas w- there
2: with some right? nakedness. Partially, not, it's
0: not wrong to be naked. You weren't, and, and to be fair to Miss Lane, you were not naked. It's true, you were in your undergarments. We made that clear, mm. and it was made clear to everybody at the uh, Belmore Hotel as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the table.
3: This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle, and uh, apparently, I have to go around and intervene with the paparazzi on Miss Lane's behalf.
0: You know, you are becoming quickly the parent of this group, I think, and and that could be concerning depending upon your perspective. But you're you're making sure that uh, Inspector Barrington doesn't find out about the crazy shit that went on at the Misser House, and now you're like pulling, you know, Miss Lane off of the bar and trying to keep her wits about her somehow in this crazed portion of the story. It's great. I do what I can. And last but most certainly not least.
4: This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And um, so far, Paris has been nice and uneventful, very calming and relaxing. I approve.
0: Yes. And so do all of the nearby liquor cabinets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we raise the curtain tonight on our story in Paris Uh, We've all had a rather eventful day. It has now fallen to night. And much like happened just a a few hours ago, the sun rises on Paris in the morning again. You were given a tip the last time you went drinking, Jack. And that is that there was this woman, her name is Marie, and supposedly she'd seen something.
3: Yes, this uh, man creature.
0: Yes, this, this beast of Paris's catacombs that's been cut loose on the city is supposedly gobbling people up. They're, the papers you're finding this morning uh, over the past few days are rife with stories about a, uh, a creature that walks upon all fours that has been gobbling children up. There's a lot of um, sensationalism that's probably going on with it. But there are a couple of, just from your trained detective eye, there are a couple of bits out of these statements from people that the way they talk reminds you kind of some of your old detective gears that, okay, this person is, they're properly uh, upset. They're not. That's, it's not just. there's, there's right. they, des- they saw something. Yes. Maybe it wasn't what they say that it was, mm-hmm. but that person saw something, and so the, the the detective in you gets spun up a little bit this morning, over uh, morning coffee. So is it just me or is? I would say by now it is likely at least the three of you, undoubtedly Miss O'Shea is probably. Lounging on her terrace, trying to stay warm in the morning, with sunning herself, something like that, yes. Let's assume that Miss Lane and the doctor are uh, at the table. Uh, doctor, you've seen to your patient mm. uh, a bit uh, late last night. Had another series of conversations with him, and it seems that he is beginning to come around a little bit more. Starting to starting to break the break through the shell a little. It does seem so. Although you have a uh, bit of a, you have a bit of a bruise here on the side of your face. Yeah. From something he left you. Oh, fantastic! I come
4: out, kind of rubbing the side of my head a little bit, and out onto the uh, landing, I assume, or uh, yeah, common room. Guten morgen on, morning.
2: Good morning
4: morning, Miss Lane. How are you feeling this morning?
2: I'm um, still sore from wherever I got these uh, these lacerations from, um, but I'm feeling much better than I was yesterday. Thank you.
3: Wunderbar. You feeling up for a little investigation?
2: Oh, anything to get my mind off of the um, incident from yesterday.
3: I believe the doctor has a, uh, a lead for us.
4: Actually, I do. Yeah, you're right here. Yeah.
3: I slide the address over to Jack and Lillian. We we met somebody who has a friend that apparently uh, saw something.
2: Uh, great. Um, did I get the paper this morning, Mike? You, yes, you did. Um, is there anything in there since you know, reading French and all? Is there anything in there that um pertains to the incidents that have been happening?
0: Yes, actually. There's a story in uh, about page five or so, about halfway down. It's pretty well buried. But there's another report of this strange man-beast. They're calling it the Beast of the Catacombs or the Beast of Paris in some of these other stories. And it's uh, supposedly has consumed uh, two children to date and uh, two to three pets, uh, one cat and then a dog or two.
2: Um, is there a, in the article, does it talk about a location where it's generally being seen at?
0: Uh, it is, it's been seen around the, the catacombs of Paris, the entrance to them. Okay. Uh, and there's there's a fair amount of space there. So uh, the catacombs are, are fairly large. Obviously they're underground, but the there is an entrance area and then there are several streets and alleys where people who live close to there have, have reportedly seen it.
2: Okay. I relay the information, um, to, in, in the article to, um, Jack and the doctor and, um, let them know that, you know, the apparently this, this beast has, um, taken two children, um, and some pets.
4: It has done, it has taken more than that. Apparently the woman that we are going to be speaking to this morning saw it perhaps eating a human hand. Yeah. So that is something that we must
3: you know. uh, If it's killing people, it might be killing um, vagrants, transients, that kind of thing. It's it's
4: entirely possible. But children.
3: children. If if it is killing
4: children. Right. Also it is coming from the catacombs, which will have no shortage of hands, I would assume. Well, uh, they're probably all, you know, skeletal stuff. Probably not a lot of good eating there. Well, perhaps, but uh, no, yeah, perhaps. Well, that, I, thinking, I don't know. In in Chicago, there's places where the bad people get rid of bodies. Oh, right, assume, right. They know. just don't. Well, yeah, perhaps. Okay, that makes sense. Hmm.
2: Well, once we interview, did you say that her name was Marie? Yes. Yeah. Um, maybe we didn't, we might, but yeah. We <laughs> didn't, you didn't say her name was Marie? <laughs> All right, well, pretend. <gasps> um, <laughs> it's in bird Darn starting. Um, well, it's
3: French, so it's like Marie battery. or <laughs>
2: Marie. Um, maybe we should interview some of the um, some of the individuals in the neighborhood around the catacombs.
3: Sure. Well, we'll talk to this Marie first, and then we'll uh, move on to the others or other people.
0: Okay, that sounds good. So the Paris catacombs are. Well, they're down the river from you, for sure. So you're going to have to go down the Seine, and then at some point you're going to have to basically turn south, and then take a... You'll want to either take a taxi or something like that, because it's, it's a little far from your mm-hmm.
3: hotel. Yeah, that's fine. We'll take a taxi. Okay. We'll take a taxi to Marie's uh, address first.
0: It's actually not far. It's probably about four or five blocks from the editor She gave gave the doctors about four or five blocks from the the Paris catacombs.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. It'd be weird if it was halfway across the city. Hmm. Indeed, would be a little strange.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, Paris is quite wonderful in February here. It has, over the past couple of days, warmed a little bit. It's warmed a little bit, temperature-wise. And so there isn't as much there's as much of a crisp sense to the air anymore and you know that by March it'll probably, by the mid-March here Jack, it'll probably get to the point where most people will be in the more temperate zone, people will be a little bit more comfortable throughout the early morning It's hard to believe how much stuff has happened to us the last two months
2: Feels like it's been a lot longer than the but it feels like it's been a lot longer than two
0: months yeah i mean when you think back it was it was january when you got the telegram in mm-hmm. chicago and it feels like two years have passed um but if you head out that way yeah i assume the three of you were going together mm-hmm. yeah okay Uh, If you head out that way, uh, you'll locate Marie's uh, flat. It is definitely... um, It's definitely not in the greatest um, financial position. But uh, it is... um, I mean, it could be worse. It's not a complete slum. There are some areas in the north... And east portion of Paris that are really, really bad. Politically speaking, too. So fascists and um, basically the Parisian version of black shirts that run some of the streets. And that could be a a bit of a dicey area. Um, But um, this specific area um, is not as bad. So, you find her uh, her location there. Uh, she is a bit south of the catacombs. What are you... It's, let's see. It's a... Um, it's probably an eight-story building. Uh, it looks like a big apartment block that's been built here. And uh, it goes up a, a fair ways and you see that there are children out front, and there's... Uh, people selling all manner of trades goods and there's a little market stall or two that have been set up nearby that deal with vegetables and breads. You get a very um, well, Chicago or New Yorkish neighborhood to uh, feel to it. I uh, I say
3: we let Miss Lane do the talking. She speaks French and it's probably less intimidating to uh, a single woman for uh, her to be doing it. I also
4: Jack, I got the distinction Perhaps this is just an impression I have, but the waitress last night made sure that I knew that Marie would be busy all last night and until the early morning. The way she said it made me perhaps think that her occupation is not on, say, legal up-and-up, if you will. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah so, so you're not actually sure of the legality of...
4: Uh, in France, I mean, they have many, but...
0: At this time, they're likely a lot more progressive, but the question would be is I think the doctor would probably still err on the side of caution Hmm. just because you don't want to criminalize her if you don't have to. Exactly. You might not want to criminalize her at all actually.
4: Treat her nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. And not intimidating so definitely Miss Lane should be speaking.
0: Okay. Um, So the the apartments uh, that go up, uh, long sets of stairways that wind on up It looks like Marie's um, flat is on the sixth floor. Uh, As you go up, you see a series of family, likely family, extended families that kind of park things in the hallway, and uh, you see a bevy of cats that run in and out of each uh, each floor of the complex, seem to be darting in and out. By the time you get to the sixth floor you have probably passed at least two to three sets of grandparents that are uh, sitting out uh, you know, in chairs and whatnot, reading the morning paper and looking after small children while parents are likely working. You see a couple of magazines here that are a little revolutionary. A couple of... Uh, Some leftist stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the fervor of the revolution still simmers here. Mm -hmm. In Paris. And uh, there's one here, Miss that you read uh, in pretty direct language that talks about uh, that the people's struggle is not over. And it kind of calls the Parisian people to arms uh, over to to take the government and make it the people's government. And then you get to Marie's door. It's about probably 10 o'clock by the time you get down there.
2: I am um, lightly knocking on the door.
0: You hear a calm voice from inside. Uh, momento. And then probably just about a minute or so later, you watch as the door opens and you see a dark-haired uh, Parisian woman She's probably no taller than say five four, five five. Very attractive, uh, and she opens the door. And she seems to be almost kind of pushing something behind her. Like you can see that she's opened the door with her left hand, Jack, and she's um, shielding something back with her right. We oui?
2: hi, I in obviously in French because I ask her if she speaks English.
0: Uh, yeah, poli anglais?
2: Hi. Um, are you Marie? Yes. I I'm I'm sorry for bothering you so early in the morning. My friends and I here are in investigating the issues surrounding the catacombs, and we were hoping we could speak with. you. We heard you might have witnessed this creature.
0: She kind of steps back, so steps back a little from the door, and you see the door waver a little bit like almost as if she's considering shutting the door
2: you you are not in trouble and we're not here to cause any trouble we just we want to help
0: there is no you you cannot help this what I saw is unmistakable it's an unbelievable
3: ma'am ma'am we uh I'll take my hat off and we're investigators we hunt down things like this
0: Hunt? yes like uh, geese
3: Oh a little more dangerous than geese but but the process is the same yes
0: you see her shoot a look your way like reacting to your <clears throat> voice and accent
2: We, we want to make sure that everybody is safe and that you know no children are harmed. What do you need? We just want to talk to you about what you saw and where you saw it. Because we are getting conflicting reports of what people are seeing.
0: Mm. She holds up her hand just as a, almost in a cautionary method. and She seems to... She says something in French uh, to the room behind her. You think she says something to the effect of go to your room mm-hmm. in a relatively soft tone Uh, and then after a few moments you hear another door inside the apartment close and she opens the door come and sit I will tell you what I can thank you Um, after you come in she looks out in the hallway and then shuts the door would you like some tea?
2: That would be great. Thank you.
0: She no, goes thank you. And see her kind of step into a, a relatively meager kitchen. She begins boiling water. She uh, comes back in the room and sits down. You see that the curtains are open to let the sun in. And it almost seems like there's a haze here. She picks up a fresh cigarette and lights it opens the window you can feel the air shift a bit in the
3: room here is uh, that the window you saw it from?
0: no she nods towards the wall from my bedroom so could you tell us what you saw
3: in your own words?
0: Two nights ago, I was coming back from a long walk, and I had heard some movement in the alleyway by the building there. I wasn't sure, I still can't be sure what the sound it made, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard a dog Break a bone with its teeth? Yeah It was like that But the 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 crushing sound It I could hear it from the street And so I thought I'd better get inside I thought maybe there was a wild dog Or worse I'd heard the stories That were printed in the papers And I have friends. They they talk about these things. I got to my room. I had just gotten into my clothes for bed. And I was having a uh, cigarette uh, before I went to sleep. And I saw this thing. This. I thought it was a dog. But then it howled. And I've never heard a dog howl like that. It it was like a... I think it might have been like a wolf, but it was too big, and there was no tail. And it chased something across the street. And I watched it move on all fours, and someone said it might have been a bear, but the, There are no bears in Paris and I tell you this it was not furry, no really a furless bear she exhales I don't believe it
2: Has any of your neighbors saw the creature or do you know of anybody else that saw the creature?
0: No My My neighbors are in bed by the time I get home
2: okay Um, is there any other do you know of anybody that was taken by this creature
0: I do know that uh, there is a butcher down the street and he said that uh, something had gotten into his refuse uh, and had ripped apart a bunch of bags that had old bones in them and, and things that he didn't use
2: thank you for that information
0: yeah,
3: I don't know how much more. I mean, that's all you saw was mm. the sound, then from your window there.
0: Yeah, the the butcher there, uh, Theodore, uh, he's just down the street. How long ago was this? Uh, this happened three days.
3: Three days. All
0: right. I can still hear it, you know. The sound. The breaking bone. The howl. Or the how. That's unmistakable. Hmm.
2: Um, I give her the name of the hotel that we're staying at, um, to let her know if she can, wants to contact us. If she gets in, it has any more information, to please contact us.
0: Can see that she's a little taken aback at the hotel. All moral. <laughs>
2: um, we really, we do appreciate you talking to us, and I, I, I promise you, we will find this creature. Um, I'm, I'm sure you. I mean, we, we, we want to make sure your child is safe and that you are safe.
0: She kind of gives you a knowing look. Nothing will come between my child and me.
2: I I understand. You have children? Someday. But I, I, I feel the same way about my friends. Hmm.
4: That we are children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she that just I smiles would, and stands <laughs> up. She seems to struggle a smile, I, but she does so.
2: That I would protect you with my life.
3: Well, thank you for your time,
0: miss. Yeah, you're welcome. She stands up and walks you to the door. You guys leave shortly thereafter. I'm going to go down to the uh, alley. Okay. You go down to the alley?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What you doing? Well, first I'm going to look up
3: You know, about the sixth floor. It's a long ways.
0: It is, um, but the room she pointed to does have a small terrace, so if she was, if she was out, out there, there, she'd have the vantage point. And six floors, yeah, it'd probably be a little blurry. But if it was if it was human sized, mm-hmm. then there's okay. a halfway chance
3: that she she put I mean, a, she, she probably. I mean, she saw something.
0: That's yeah. pretty clear. Yeah.
3: So then I'm going to see if I can find uh, some kind of evidence. Maybe the cracking bone. Maybe the bone's still out here. Maybe there's some prints.
0: Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll as you search the the alleyway.
2: Are we with him?
0: That's 23 under 99. I would assume that you are with him, yes. Okay.
2: I'm gonna... well, I got a 41
0: out of
4: 88. Okay. 33 under 80, so that's a hard yes, that's but true. not all, an extreme.
0: All hard successes. Yep. Uh, so the three of you search a Parisian alleyway. Uh, you search it for probably about 35 minutes until Doctor, you uncover a joint and top of a femur this is likely to a cow too big to be human but the marks on it oh yeah can i have a
4: medicine roll to figure out the rough shape of the jaw that chewed on this bone
0: sure you'll need you'll need paper and and, and ink but yeah okay well i'll
4: take it with me i wrap it in a piece of newspaper some from sure. somewhere nearby and put it tuck it under my arm like a baguette or a piece of cookie foe. And <laughs>
2: does he know that does the doctor tell us that it's from a cow?
0: I, the doctor hasn't said anything to shit. He's picked something up. That's for sure. Okay. I found a bone.
2: It, uh, what kind of bone is it? Are you touching that with your bare hands? Yeah,
0: it's just
4: yeah, a bone. I'm the doctor. <laughs> Step one, I touch things. <laughs>
2: I look at the bandages on my arm. The feet. Washes oh, his hands. <laughs> Are we sure?
0: Well, maybe uh, that wasn't created well, until 1931.
2: The, uh, yeah, actually, say, <laughs> well, this is the 20s. He's probably not. Um, so, is what? What is that from? Is that human?
4: This is not a human. It is far too large to be human. This is some um, bovine, most likely, or perhaps well, we probably pulled it out of horses, a horse. Perhaps uh, yeah. I don't know. It could be how It could be equine, but I do believe it to be bovine. Yeah, they do eat horse in France. Yeah.
2: So we should go talk to the butcher.
4: Yeah,
3: we should. And then the baker. Then the candlestick maker. And the
2: candlestick maker.
3: We can talk about
4: that here.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's <laughs> not. Won't uh, die. The...
4: <laughs> <laughs> Whilst they go talk to the butcher, they don't need three people walking into this butchery shop at the same time. Um, I'm. Just going to go to a nearby shop to right. stick up Yep, yep. and uh, case that joint. Right. So while they're done, <laughs> they're yeah, right. of the butchers, right. we can drop we, some yeah. other the place efficiently. Let's split
3: up. We can do more damage that way. Yep. That's right. perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, before you do that, we're going to go to Miss O'Shea because she's been patiently waiting to um, do something. So the morning starts this morning, the second day in Paris, much like the last one did. And that is with an even warmer temperature found on your terrace. Uh, it is truly inviting You know, and you've realized that if you wait just maybe five or ten more minutes, the marble is a little bit warmer. And so you get this kind of beautiful temperature zone out there. You need a robe for sure. Um, But this isn't half bad.
1: Yeah, I probably spend most of my morning out there and reading my book. But I haven't finished. Which book? The Book of Yvonne.
0: It will be sometime before you finish that tome. Right. right. So, you know. But what you mean? are uh, beginning to make headway through that.
1: Um, And then I'll probably... Well, let's see. Lillian's gone, right? Because she's not in my room.
0: Yes, that's fine.
1: Um, And then if I go downstairs and I don't see the boys then uh, I'll just walk in the sunshine I guess I'll probably wear something fairly dark to you know get more sure when will my rope be
0: you're not sure you only dropped it off uh, yesterday morning so you'd have to either call the shop or you'd have to kind of wait for them to contact you
1: okay well then I'm not gonna be rude I mean, I want to be, but (laughs) I'm not going to be.
0: You are a little inquisitive about the necklace. You talked to yourself last night that you were going to get to it after you did the other things. And you realize now that your time with Alexandra isn't until much later tonight. Mm -hmm. And while, yes, you have the book, this Ankh is an unknown thing.
1: Yeah, I also know it's bad. Like, it's one thing if I, like, don't know for sure, but I have an inkling, then I might mess with it. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, pull it out and look at it.
0: There it is. Yeah. Literally. Ugh. So, to our community at large, the Ankh is a physical item we have here.
1: What is it made out of?
0: It appears to be made out of some sort of strange metal. Yes, and so even your idea of burning it is likely not going to work. At least not without a really hot fire.
1: Well, I'm going to... I imagine that like Lillian has nicer jewelry and probably has like those velvet bags to keep stuff in. Sure. I'm going to take her jewelry out and put the Anka in so nobody can look at it. And
0: uh You take her jewelry out. You're over at her station. It's got a lot of her bottles and whatnot and, and fragrance lotions and all the things. And she's got like the... You see a copy of like the uh, local paper here. She seems to have been investigating something on it. What is your French at?
1: You never told me. So, you if it's starting me.
0: out, it's probably 10%.
1: Yeah, well, you, yeah, because she tutored me so I right. can read it. So you
0: read and... some of it. When you transfer the stuff out of the bag and have this necklace in your hand, every bit of that French newspaper is readable by you.
1: Yeah, it really wants me to hold on to it.
0: Like every bit of it. And even as you kind of stop and look at it, you realize that there are a selection of just common everyday books on the bookshelf in here. Most of them are in French. There are a few selections that are in English. There are a few you think if your brain is right that are written in German. You don't speak German but you understand what that book's title is.
1: Hmm. Well while I have it actually hmm. I'm going to read the parchment that I have that's in Arabic
0: okay you mean the parchment you got when you pulled from the the Jack pulled from the apartment or because that one's in hieroglyphics
1: oh that one's in hieroglyphics it's the one that Lillian got that's in Arabic
0: correct which one
1: the one that's in Arabic
0: oh yeah it's readable okay it really isn't until you get to maybe the third or fourth line in the scroll that your brain starts to kind of wrap around what's going on. And there's something there. You don't understand how it's possible, but all of that Arabic as you read it is transformed in front of you into understandable text.
1: Yeah, but that's not my deity. So I guess I will get whatever information I can from that scroll from both scrolls and then I'm gonna put it away.
0: So the scrolls themselves are they're fairly in depth. It would take you a little bit of time to completely read through. Mm. But I can give you a bit of a summation on one of them if you would like. Sure. So just pick pick a path for me.
1: Uh, Arabic.
0: Okay. And that will be from...
1: Gavigan's office. The miser house.
0: Yep. So it is titled Song of the Djinn. Okay. It seems that this work is... The scroll itself is made from what you think is maybe some sort of animal skin. It's not paper by any means. Uh, It talks about a being of scorching fire. Mm. It talks about it with a, a rapturous love of this being. And it seems maybe a little bit fanciful. Does this...
1: it after we've seen that deck of that boat?
0: Huh. Uh...
1: Oh, he said lightning though. That guy he did. Said lightning.
0: Okay. The scroll is pretty well in depth. Um, so it's not just a single page. It's a scroll with several sheets to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll take you a while to, to unwind what, what all it says, uh, while not as deep as maybe the Book of Ibon. It probably, unless you're going to do a skim today of it, then you can have a roll.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to skim it, because I don't want to use this ankh any more than I have to.
0: Right, very good. Roll, roll sanity.
1: Roll sanity? Yes.
2: Here
0: comes the madness. You're skimming a mythos artifact. Oh. Uh huh. If your
4: sanity's asleep, better give it a nudge. Everybody look out, because here come the judge.
1: Uh, that would be eight out of 61.
0: Awesome. You lose two points of sanity, you gain a point of Cthulhu mythos. And the determination that you make is, at least in the short run today, the determination you make is that this scroll summons beings of flame. And that they have the ability to to draw upon a power bigger than themselves, and their intent is to destroy a mystical artifact, a specific one it's some sort of crown, and it looks like there's a working in here, like there is a spell you you could discern and learn at a given time and now I want you to make me a power roll hard difficulty.
1: Mm. No. No? Yeah, 86 out of 65.
0: You come to a conclusion after spending a majority of the day sunning yourself reading this esoteric, almost fanciful tale of this powerful fireworking. It's pretty clear that this, this artifact, this thing, has come to you for a specific reason. And it's clearly because you're the only one that can handle it. There's a reason why May, why Miss Lane dropped it into your chest. It's because she's not prepared for it. And it really isn't until you get towards the end of it that you realize that that voice in your head isn't your own. And the only problem you're having is that it's not wrong. And so uh, the rest of you, uh, continue on with your investigation. You are sizing up a butcher. And so... So, Jack, where were you headed first, then? To the butcher. All right, Theodore the Butcher. A small shop, not but maybe half a block down, give or take. It's a shotgun-style building, something you're somewhat familiar with from your days in Chicago. It looks like there is a single counter. There are several different meats here that are being dried. There's a handful of customers here picking up items and brown butcher paper and and then uh, dealing with he has a, it looks like he has a maybe a son or a, a nephew or something that's helping run the store. Maybe 12, 13 years old at most. Theodore himself seems to be a, a rather um, a well-fed man of Paris. His apron is sullied with whatever he was working on last. Uh, a butcher who seems to be deft with both the fillet knife for fish, or the butcher chop when it comes to larger pieces. He better be. Hmm.
3: Butcher can't handle both. Right? Anyhow. When um, I get a chance...
2: Jack can lead the questioning for this. I just well, Hopefully with he speaks him.
3: English. If not, then you have to lead uh,
4: the that's questioning.
0: That's true. He uh, wipes his hand off with a pretty gross looking rag and puts it back on the table. <laughs> Picturing him wiping his hand with a steak <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> This is the same table he likely Just finished chopping food on Yeah, well, whatever uh, Yes, uh, uh, come forward uh, you Pardon, him saying, uh,
3: pardon moi uh, Do you speak English? We. Oui. We were told that you might know something about The beast Beast? The catacombs
0: Oh, I thought you meant my wife <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: He winks at you, Miss Lane <laughs>
2: I, I I chuckle
0: uh, Paris uh, Beast uh, Oh this thing in the paper Yes this uh, This uh, creature that's supposedly eating children Yeah yeah Complete farce It's a wives tale it's Something to keep the children in line
3: Well I, I heard that you had something going through your Refuse
0: Yes uh, likely the poor and degenerate people Of Paris who uh, unfortunately Cannot uh, feed themselves I mean, I feed many vagrants and uh, uh, members of the community who uh, are less than lucky. That's very noble of you. It's the right thing to do.
3: I appreciate that. I just, I had been told that uh, you had had some issues with somebody really tearing through your bags, pulling out uh, bones and.
0: Well, a couple of days ago, we I think we had some dogs that got into one of the refuse containers back there. They ripped apart a bag or two. And yes, they went through and we had just had some um some fresh meat in that day from uh, one of the local farms and they got into a few pieces. Did you have uh any uh cow bones in there? We a femur? Well, uh soup bones, you yeah. know,
3: uh things of that nature. Do dogs usually uh can they break a, a soup bone like that?
0: I suppose it wouldn't matter uh, how hungry the dog is, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, we just happened to find one in an alley down here that was cracked open.
4: After a few minutes, I enter the butcher shop and completely ignore Jack and Miss Lane. Like okay. I like I don't even know them.
2: Like I, I kind of glance and over at the doctor and I just
4: stand at the other end of the.
0: You see a, a young boy come over. Guten Tag! I would like one porterhouse, please. He nods. He goes over and you see a kid, eh, probably again, probably 11, 12 years old, likely has no business wielding a a butchering weapon such as uh, large as this. But he, with a deft and and trained hand, begins cutting into and and preparing your choice uh, piece of meat. You see uh, Theodore kind of look over at the boy and then look back at you.
3: Yes, uh, we were just kind of uh, looking into the whole situation, trying to put people's minds at ease. And If we had any information we thought uh, might come in handy.
0: Well, it took me a good part of the morning to clean up the mess this thing made. So whether it was a dog or whether it was a, a few dogs, I don't know, but I haven't heard it since. Did you see any tracks out there? Mm, no, I mean, the alley is pretty heavily trafficked. The people leaving the, their, mm-hmm. uh, and the housing, housing nearby.
2: Are are you um? Would would you mind showing us where these bags were ripped into at?
0: <laughs> uh, man, if you want to go into the dumpster behind the the business, feel free.
2: It's just in the dump. It's so they had to open the dumpster to get into it, into the bags.
0: I mean, anyone could have gotten them open beforehand.
2: Like, but it's in it was inside of a canister or or something like the bags were, or were the bags just sitting in the alley by no, no, open no.
0: it was in the 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 dumpster there so,
2: well perhaps we uh, we yeah, should we'll, go take we'll, a look we'll take a look
3: yeah. there's there's one more thing you could do for me i I'll give him a few uh francs uh could you wrap up a small assortment of meat and send it to this address Marie's address?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. sure. He, give her something for her help. Of course. He begins collecting an assortment of probably, not just, I mean, probably beef, but also likely fish and... Yeah. Whatever. Just... Sure. Doctor, you get your steak. I
4: pay for it. Don't question. Mm-hmm. I tip my hat to him and uh, politely tip my hat to them on my way out and go outside, walk around the corner and wait for them to come out. Okay, they come out <laughs> at some point. My my butcher's bag that's all bloody. <laughs>
2: we we made them around the uh, corner. Doctor, da- doctor what, what were you doing?
4: I am buying bait. When you catch a dog? You buy meat. Oh
2: my gosh! I thought we would use Jack as bait. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Not again. We promised him we wouldn't do that
2: anymore. Um, should we go around the corner and take a look? And yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So did, the... did
4: you have to get a steak? You could you get something a little cheaper? Yeah, I could have, but I paid for it. I And okay. besides, I don't think I'm going to use the whole thing. It's a very sizable steak. You it could like the of it for yourself. Yeah.
2: Um. So the so here's the odd thing, Jack, is that dogs, regular dog, well, or I don't know. Uh, They're yeah. gonna climb into the. Into so, the somebody dumpster? else could it
3: could have gotten left open, or I just we let's okay. check it out. Let's we'll see what, what we find. You guys are gonna go and
0: investigate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this portion of the alleyway here is pretty well trapped off from most foot traffic. Uh, there is a pathway that that leads nearby here, but to get into this area behind the business, it's gated off. Oh, actually a, a quite a bit like. The um spice shop back alleyway was, so um, you'd have I'm to either, intimately
3: familiar with this
0: <laughs> you'd have to either know the this one isn't locked, it's all open, but you'd still have to physically open the gates to get in here.
3: I'm going to uh get my light around so we can start this building on fire too.
0: <laughs> slowly
4: reach We're over not there
2: yet. flip
4: the butcher's sign from open to closed <laughs> and lock the door and click <laughs> it's in the Juju house
0: <laughs> you uh. Head over to the area behind the business, and you see the uh, aforementioned dumpster. Yeah,
3: I'll uh, start checking out. Actually, I'll look around it first and see if I can find anything. You know, you know what keeps coming to mind, don't you? As we investigate this, the ghouls.
4: Mm, I am, I am agreeing. Yeah, it is sounding very much like the what we heard in the nays. Right? No, it was. There, there could be, be Darby, other Darby. Darby, Darby, Darby. Thank you, yes, and in Darby, yeah. yeah. But if there's one, there will definitely well, be not more. not
3: necessarily. But this is, you know, we don't even know if this thing's real or not. Oh, absolutely. It
0: could be a dog. So you guys get into this back area, and and you uh, begin to search. Uh, so if you would like, uh, how long are you spending? I let them do it. I'm holding meat, so I'm kind of acting at look out at the edge of the
4: alley. Probably
2: a half hour
4: look or out? so. Stop yeah.
2: standing there holding your meat.
4: Uh, Someone has to, and since we've gotten to Paris, no one else is offered. <laughs>
2: I've got a 49 out of 88 for spot hidden.
0: Okay. I have a one. Okay. What? Yeah, one. You search through this portion of the business, the back door, the gate, obviously the dumpster area. And, Jack, you find a couple of things. One, there are some fairly deep gouges in the wood covering that covered the dumpster. Something akin to, like... Claws? A shovel. Oh. Like, the pointy end of a shovel would make this. Um, There are some things that have dug in underneath the lid itself, like the wood underneath. And then on the sides of this dumpster uh there are definite impressions on the side as if something grabbed it because there's multiple indentations something strong and the more and more you continue to look at it it can continues to remind you of eloise yeah i'll put my like hand up to
3: it to get a kind of an idea what kind of hands
0: It's so it's uh your size are a little bigger
3: okay See, so I want to do is take with another girl. Cool, but
4: on the upside, we if we do, at least we've already had handled one once and there'll right. be no surprises. Assuming, assuming.
2: But what if it's Eloise? We don't know where she went. We could be scared and hungry and just not know what to do with herself or losing I mean, herself.
4: Yeah. Or, conversely, we find someone who has not the, the mental willpower of Eloise and someone who has con- succumbed to their bestial nature completely, mm, right. which would be extremely dangerous. So we must be ready for this.
2: I'm not sure how to dispatch of a of a ghoul like that. They were Kate, the one that I encountered. Medi- medically
4: speaking, most things in nature can be dispatched in the same way. Well.
0: Uh, it's not that they can't be it's really with. difficult because like i shot
4: one i shot
3: i think eloise several times yeah
0: and she kept going yeah there's a reason for that yeah it's not a story reason it's, it's a it's a ghoul mechanic, reason. yeah uh-huh <laughs> yeah that's the impression the impression you're getting from this dumpster is that something ghoul size was likely in here and if it's scratching and there's cuts here and meat is missing and there's howling something got let loose on the streets of Paris mm-hmm.
3: right now we'll work off of the uh, Ryan theory that's it's a ghoul mm-hmm. if we find something that uh, changes that then we change with it
4: act with the information we have until we get new information that yeah. sounds good to me that is how I like to do everything Obviously, we have this meteor yeah. as bait. Now, mm-hmm. I'm thinking perhaps finding a location where we can get into the catacombs. Um, not going into the catacombs, but um,
3: smelling the
0: entrance.
4: Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. Let's go to the catacombs. Let's see what we can find there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Heading the catacombs isn't far. It's a few blocks. Um, the catacombs themselves are a tourist spot. They are open fairly regularly. Um, they're not open on certain days, but when you guys arrive in the morning-ish, late morning, um, there's a line of people waiting to go in. The nice part about the Catacombs Walk is that after an exceedingly long walk down a flight of stairs, uh, it opens up into something that is lit. There are a few people around. Um, it is awe-inspiring in its nature the way it was built Uh, there's all sorts of skulls and bones placed in intricate positions um, to make up staircases to make up walls Um, it's almost as if you've walked into the land of the dead in fact in pretty striking french text it says welcome to the empire of the dead when you when you arrive and you walk through two massive white diamonds that kind of sit aside the entrance there.
4: I have never been in catacombs before, but this is the closest I assume that I will ever become to an ossuary. This is amazing. Doc gets lost for a moment or two just examining bones on the walls. I mean,
3: it's... Just so you know, it's quite possible to run into an ossuary sometime in our...
0: uh... (laughs) Yes, I suppose it probably would. It would not be out of our wheelhouse. So while you're down there, I guess, what are you looking for? In ge- well, in general, I wanted to
3: get more of a layout of the area around it so we could try to find something. But
0: if we're down here. We might as
3: well take the tour.
0: Yeah, you take the tour. Um, it's it's easily gettable. It's not too terribly expensive. You take the tour of the catacombs. They walk you through some of the history of how they came about, why they came about. Um, you get walked through the revolutionary period in Paris here as far as the uh, there were some revolutionaries that used this as a hiding spot they talked They talk all sorts of tales about uh, it being a revolutionary spot to this day um, there are some tour guides who seem to intimate that the Paris catacombs are not the quietest place at night and that uh, there's all sorts of you know Potentials, spirits, and those that have left the land of living that still walk the halls here at night.
4: I raise a hand when the tour guide is talking. I, I'm perhaps a bit macabre, but is there anywhere that even you guides are afraid to go here in the
0: catacombs? <clears throat> for, the the
4: the, for the fears c- of just like that.
0: Well, oh, um, there are parts of the, the catacombs that flood. <clears throat> And so we must be very careful during some parts of uh, the seasons here to to not wander uh, our guests down into a place where it might get uh, a little too wet. Vunderbar. And you can see uh, throughout the tour here, there are smaller non uh, walked paths here that that the tours do not go down. Uh, and they even have signage that, you know, that says no trespassing or no entrance. And some of these areas, some of the hallways have been filled three and four feet deep, they say, with with water. OK,
4: like you'd have to go down waist or even chest deep to, uh-huh. to, to, get, to, to get to get further. to it. OK, yeah.
0: And there are some paths that the uh, tour guys say that they, they have been flooded for years and we no longer take them.
2: I raised my hand for the for the tour guide. Me. Hi, I. So, are there any um old wives tales or stories about creatures that roam the catacombs like in the past?
0: She looks at you uh Miss Lane and uh, the tour guide says uh there are stories um that the spirits that walk these halls that even at night they come to life but uh but these are these are just stories, of course
2: like is there anything that like like that might look like a creature or anything like you know i I don't know um sprites you know or fairies or wolves
0: well, there is a very long and well known history of the vampires of paris
2: and where where did that like in the catacombs
0: well, it's rumored that they have used the catacombs for years as a hiding spot. They hide in places we can no longer go, because of floods or collapsed walls.
2: That's very interesting. Thanks for the information. Mm.
0: Your tour lasts probably uh, half an hour to forty-five minutes. It is, it's inspiring place. You, it's macabre, of course, but to see that, to see what's been done, the artistry that's been done down here, is definitely part of what makes it great duck probably comes out of the catacombs a little geeked out. <laughs> Did you see that archway made of leg bones?
4: That was amazing! And the way they were woven together it was... Oh, I'm sorry. I gush. I apologize.
0: <laughs> probably by the... there it's probably afternoon. You'll have lunch I would imagine. All that walking will, will build up an appetite. Uh, so let's bookmark day two in Paris then. You are going to spend the evening then with Alexandra after reading the scroll. Correct. Okay. She continues to educate you in Aklo and you go over several different forms of that written language. She she then begins to show you how it can be enunciated uh, properly. Uh, And she, she reminds you, as she did the previous night, that it's a language meant to be used in secret. It's not to be taught outside of those who are favored by Yig. And furthermore, it would be good if you would begin to use it in its written form to hide Yig's teachings from the eyes of others. Okay. Just as the Arab scribes did centuries ago for those who did not speak their tongue, and just as the she seems to make some sort of intonation with her, with her lips and tongue. It's not a word you understand, but she seems to name another species, hmm. just as they did as well. You begin to pick up a great many things. She's quite the teacher, as you've already encountered before. Her two bodyguards seem more like servants than um, employees. I'll just put it that way. Okay, they seem to wait on her Mm -hmm. as necessary, but she seems very independent.
1: So, like more like they worship her. Like, do they look at her in adoration, or
0: Um, maybe there's a bit of that—not full-on doe-eye creepiness—but they do. It's almost as if it's it's the same reverence that you would say a church has for its deacon or priest Mm -hmm. there's some sort of a respect and a appreciation that goes beyond simple friendship or employment and so that winds us down for the second day of Paris I don't know that the three of you see much of Miss O'Shea the first couple of days probably not it's hard to say what where she's at or what she's doing Doctor, your patient, by the end of day two, is uh, taking to his teachings and, and your teachings and, and the administration of your um, medicinal needs. Uh, although, you're fairly certain that you're going to be able to completely rebuild him shortly. It may take a little bit longer, um, but you're, you're getting through. We are on the cusp of a breakthrough. I can feel it. So if you are enjoying this episode and the previous episodes of Masks of New Lattertop brought to you by the Old Ways Podcast, we would encourage you to join us on Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. You can join a ton of our other backers there who truly enjoy supporting such a fantastic show, if I might say so myself. And with that, we will see you next week.